What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. What's up, Lady Ballers? This week on the podcast, we have Sophia Smith. Sophia won the 2019 National Championship at Stanford before leaving school early to pursue a professional career. She was chosen first in the 2020 NUSL Draft and now plays with the Portland Thorns and the U.S. Women's National Team. Enjoy. Hey. Hey. I'm obsessed with your lamp. Oh, thank you. Ikea. Let's just start the podcast off with that note. I am really, I'm digging it. And the, uh, what do you call the... The pompous. Pompous gas, yeah. Yeah, love it. We're so pumped that you're here with us, so thank you for taking your time to, to chat with us tonight. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so where are you now? I'm in Portland. How are you liking Portland? We miss it. I, I love Portland. It reminds me a lot of Colorado, where I grew up, um, in terms of, like, the weather, the people. Um, so it was kind of you know, an easy adjustment, but I, I love Portland. Yeah. Yeah. It does remind me of Colorado actually. Cause it's kind of like, it's hip. There's like all the yeah. cool restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And we also just wanted to say a huge congrats on winning the challenge cup. Thank you. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Tell us about the cup. Like what, what do you think set you guys apart? What helped you guys get there? I think our preseason leading into it was a big part of it. We, I mean, every team works hard in preseason, but I think we, you know, really put our goals in, in focus and made sure that we were all on the same page going into the challenge cup. Um, and obviously it's not regular season, but we knew that these games were so important for us, especially leading into regular season. So I think just our preparation, our chemistry going into it and just playing as a team, I think is what what allowed us to win the tournament. Sorry, I'm like right downtown. So there's always (laughs) ambulances and everything. But I don't know. I think we just we just really played as a team and had high energy in every single game. Yeah, over the past you know, year or two years, I'm sure there's been a lot of like flows of like, everyone's kind of like down about and unenthusiastic. And then like everyone gets all amped up at the same time. So the timing of everyone to kind of be amped up right at the right moment probably helped big. Uh, How did you stay motivated over the last year of frustration? Because I mean, the Challenge Cup last year was like much more restricted, right? In terms of like bubble and just rules and regulation stuff. So was this year very different? Um, well, so I didn't get to play in the Challenge Cup last year because I was injured. So that was obviously tough on top of just the tough year in general, um, kind of never knowing what was next. We didn't like for a long time, we didn't think we'd even have the Challenge Cup. We thought it was just like a bye season and we weren't going to really get anything. So I think having the Challenge Cup last year was huge for our team just to get something um, going that year. And then this year is for, for me personally is different because I get to play and I'm, I'm healthy, knock on wood. Um, but I think we've just had a lot of time together to, to train and to spend time with each other off the field this year in comparison to last year and to really build that chemistry and to just, I don't know, just, just train on a consistent regular basis and play games um, on a regular basis, I think is just super helpful for us. It's nice that you have a lot of teammates on the Thorns and the national team too. Like I always loved being able to play 
like even club soccer with my high school friends. Cause you kind of have that connection on both teams and like, it does make a difference. Like they know your style of play better than anyone when you're like together that often. Yeah, no, it's, it's really helpful to have several of us who are kind of trying to figure out that balance between national team and club, especially for me as a younger player. And I'm like kind of just learning how to balance those two. Cause it's a lot and it can get super overwhelming, but to have players like Lindsay, Lindsay and Crystal and Becky to kind of help me navigate all of this is it's like I'm I'm so lucky to have them in the same place. Do you feel like you've learned something different from each of them? Even just the three you said, like, is there something that like you think about when you think about like Becky? Does something come to mind that like you've learned from her? Yeah, I think Becky, I've learned just how to do everything the right way. I think Becky like takes pride in focusing on the details and never, you know, never taking shortcuts, never cutting corners and just being very precise and detailed and strict, you could say, um, in everything that she does, um, even not soccer related. And then Lindsay is like, like a good friend of mine. We kind of are just buddies and I, I just learned to have fun and just enjoy the game from her. Um, and then Crystal, obviously, it's, you know, it's Crystal Dunn. What, what can't you learn from Crystal? She's just, she's just consistent and she's, you know, she's a warrior. She brings everything that she can and everything that she does. Um, but even, even outside of those national team players, there are so many girls on this team that I just learn from each and every day. Wow. That was amazing. And I can only imagine how cool it must be for you because you're now playing with people you probably looked up to, right? Yeah. When you were in college and stuff. Like, did you have any role models growing up that you're playing with right now? Yeah, I mean, Christine Sinclair, obviously, goal, best, best goal scorer to ever play the game. Mm. So she is someone who I was always watching and trying to learn from and just everything that she does, trying to kind of replicate in that, replicate that in my own game because obviously – you know, I want to score as many goals as I can. So her, especially, I learn from her every single day. Um, and I think not a lot of people get that opportunity. So I'm just super grateful for that. But but Becky and Crystal, who have been on the national team for a while now, are definitely people that I grew up looking up to and aspiring to be like one day. Did you always know you wanted to play professionally? Like, what age did you say, I want to do that? Um... I mean, I, so I grew up playing soccer and basketball. My family is like a big basketball family. So for a while I thought, you know, I had to play basketball. That's what I thought I was going to end up doing. But I think like freshman, sophomore year of high school, I had to decide between the two because it just got too busy. I was going into national team camps. Um, so, I, you know, it was hard to balance both. So I, I just love soccer more. Um, I felt more like myself when I was playing it. So I, I chose soccer. And I think probably even before that, I had some dream of being a professional athlete, whether it was basketball or soccer. But once I made that decision, it was clear that being a professional soccer player was what I wanted to do. And then a, a follow up question to that when so you have the moment when you knew that that was what you wanted to do. When did you believe that that was what you could actually do? 
Like, when did you truly believe like, all right, like I'm good enough to, to hang. Like I, I could do this. I would say the first time I even touched a soccer ball, That's I realized amazing. you know, I'm, I'm kind of good at this. Like <laughs> I, I figured it out super quick. I was blessed with a lot of, you know, speed and athleticism. Um, and I think just knowing that if I put in the work, I, I knew I could be special and I knew I could make that dream come true if I just put in the work. What were things that, I mean, you just said speed came naturally to you. What are things that you knew you had to like improve upon in your game to get to the next level? I think a little bit of everything, both technically and tactically. I think once you start playing as, as a kid, you really have no sense of like tactics. Like mm. you kind of just run where the ball is and you know that the goal is to get it in the back of the net. But other than that, that's, I mean, that's all that really matters. But I think just throughout my career, I've learned more and more the importance of like soccer IQ and really, mm. truly understanding every little part of the game not just in my position and every position on the field. And then technically, I think a lot of people are blessed with athleticism, but like that can only take you so far. So just knowing that I had to put a lot of focus on, you know, if I'm going against someone who's just as fast as me, what is going to separate me from this player? And that's what can I do technically? What can I do on the ball? How smart I am? Like what decisions am I making? So just, knowing the importance of that and realizing that and then learning how to work on those things. Yeah, I feel like even your worst quality has to be better than everyone else on the field or, you know, at least who you're competing against. So it's like, yeah, you have, you can't just rely on the things that you're best at. You have to make sure that you're really well-rounded. And I feel like when we were growing up, like soccer IQ wasn't a thing. Like you didn't, look tactically on the field as much as I think players are now I feel like it's such an important part of the game yeah did you watch a lot like did you have a favorite team growing up to watch um any team Messi was on that's Mm -hmm. who I would always watch um I think I just really admired what he did on the ball it was I mean no one can do what Messi can do but honestly any any soccer I think you know, there wasn't a lot of women's soccer on TV for me to watch, um, nor was it like easy access. Uh, so I think I'd say I grew up watching more so men's soccer than women's. I, I would watch the national team, the women's national team. But other than that, you know, I, there was limited options. But I think just, yeah, any team Messi was on, but really just a good game that was on TV, I'd, I'd be tuned in. Have you met Messi? No, I wish. <laughs> you will. You're gonna. You'll probably play with him at some point. And I'm like, can you just keep going? So maybe <laughs> one day. <laughs> yes, that would be so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about Stanford? Like, why did you, let's reverse a little bit. Why did you choose to go there to begin with? I chose Stan. I mean, okay, well, I've, I visited a few schools. Um And I just remember the process being everyone would tell me, like, you'll know when, you know, when you get that feeling of this is this is the school for you. And like, honestly, every campus I went to, I was like, Mom, this is this is where I'm going. This is where I want to go. 
And I said that literally almost every single school I visited. Like, <laughs> what, like, what am I? I don't know. Um, and then Stanford actually was the last school I visited. Um, I actually wasn't even going to go visit because at the time I was like, you know, like I work hard in school. I get good grades. But like, is that really that important to me? Like, do I really want to put myself in this situation where it's like academics are like level with soccer? Um, but I went and visited and I got that feeling. I was like, okay, there's, there's no place like this in, in the world. Um, you have the balance of academics and athletics and then you meet the people there and there's just, I mean, you don't know who you're talking to when you, when you go to class one day, you could be talking to the next Bill Gates. You have no idea. And there's just not, there's not another place like that. So I think, just the combination of all of that and the fact that it was in California, um, which is semi close to Colorado, it wasn't North Carolina, that's super far away. Um, just the combination of all of that, I just, I knew in my heart that this is where I was supposed to go. Um, and I knew that I could do the academics, I just needed to switch switch my mindset. I, I feel like, a, oops, sorry. Oh, sorry I was just gonna say, I feel like it's a really good point that you said like, a lot of the places you went, you said like, that's where I want to go, but you kept looking. Yeah. I think a lot of younger players like a school or like, oh, this is where I'll go. And then they just stop. Like they'll look at a yeah. few schools and that's it. So it's good to like, even if you think that's it, you don't know, you can keep going and find something that is an even better sure. fit. So. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think if, if like, if you have the opportunity to go see the school and see the campus and get a feel for it, that's so so huge and can make or break a decision and I think for me like I was focused on obviously the soccer part but I was focused on every aspect of it because that decision is you know obviously not for me but the next four years Mm -hmm. of your life um, it's a big decision and I think just taking into consideration are you okay being you know a long flight away from home do you want your parents to maybe be able to get a cheap flight to come see some of your games like Little things like that, I think I definitely was taught to take into consideration and I think is something that every person looking to go to college should really think about. Definitely. That's great advice. It really is. And it's stuff that like you just really don't think about unless you speak to other people. What was your major? Stanford has like a lot of crazy majors. Like I wanted to do just like business, but they don't have business um so I did it's STS for short it's science technology and society and it's it sounds more like complex than it is um I was just kind of hoping to take like a simple path to that degree Mm -hmm. as simple as possible and make it as easy as possible because it was it was a lot of stress and I was I mean, I can admit I was more focused on soccer at the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Do you think that played a role into you saying, okay, like, I think I can leave school early to go play pro? Did did what? Sorry? I was just saying, like, do you think that played a role into, like, the fact that you you were like, I can leave school to go play pro and Mm -hmm. at the higher level because soccer was, like, your main focus? Yeah, I definitely think if – I didn't care as much about soccer as I did. That decision would have been a different one. Um, But I think when I made that decision, I knew in my heart that 
soccer is what I, it's what I want to do. Um, it's what I care most about. And I know that I can make a career out of it. Um, and when I decided to leave, when I did, it was just, for me, it was just the right time. I felt like I was ready for the next step and ready for a change and just ready to kind of take my career to the next level. Yeah. How did you grow as a player those two years that you played at college? A lot. I think like college taught me how to balance my life. Um, it taught me how to balance academics, soccer, family, social life. And I think even if those four categories aren't the same for everyone, it's still an important lesson to learn. Um, because I think before that, everything was soccer, soccer, soccer for me. And I sometimes forgot like life outside of soccer. Um, so I think in college, just learning how to manage my time um, and, and not take anything away from soccer, but learn how to also add in, you know, time for other things that were important for me. Um, but just, just the people that I had around me at Stanford, I learned so much from my teammates, my classmates, the professors, um, things that I, you know, are invaluable. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine you're you are so mature and April we were just saying like if I left college halfway through I would have been so amateur and like it's just so so cool to see nowadays it's so possible for you to leave and work as a soccer player too yeah. like, that was never a thought in our minds growing up and it's just I we envy you like if you're in such a wonderful position and I, I was gonna no say when, when when you said like I know that I can do this and I can make a living from it the yeah. sentence was like to my head I was like oh my god like I literally ne uh, growing up as a kid never yeah. that was not even a thought that was allowed to enter my brain because it just was yeah. just not very commonly taught or you were not told yeah. that you could do it or you didn't see people doing that so yeah I, that confidence and knowing that it's possible helps mm -hmm. you make such better informed decisions and decisions with confidence. And like, I love that you've like, you know, you felt supported enough in that decision of the possibility of like, I'm, do I'm doing X, Y, and Z right. And I know that I can make this work and I know that I, I can make this my career. I love that. Cause that's like, yeah. so it's such a different shift in mindset that mm -hmm. I'm happy to see. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's great that more and more women are feeling like they can do that if if that's what they want to do I think it's cool to see people who've done it and it's worked out and for them to just know that it's an option at least it's an option and it is possible and I think for me the the best part was just having the support of everyone around me there was I mean obviously there's always going to be people who are thinking it's crazy thinking how could you possibly leave a Stanford degree um, to go pursue women's soccer where, you know, the salary is this and that. Um, but I think for me, having the people whose opinions I cared most about support me um, and believe in me was huge. Um, and it meant everything to me. Yeah, I think that's a great point because like, we're always going to hear the opinions of a million people and what they think about a decision or what they think about this and that. But when yeah. you can decipher which, which ones mm -hmm. really matter to you 
Yeah. And then which ones you can just literally put a big wall up because they just literally are insignificant to your decision yeah. making. That yeah. is a very, I feel like people get very steered by mm-hmm. opinions and which opinions they hear the most of instead of which ones carry the most weight because they're coming from the people who are part of your support system. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's a good a really thing for, point to mention for younger girls to remember is like, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they have to be part of your like inner support system, you know? Like try and like tune out those suggestions that you don't believe are like what is in your heart, you know, like if you have a few people who support you and are supporting decisions, like bring them into your circle and like have them like motivate you, you know? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you know, what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people who can give you their opinions and you can choose whether you want to value that opinion or not, but at the end of the day, it's it's your life. You're the one that's pursuing whatever dream it is that you have. So you you have to you have to listen to yourself and follow your heart because I think if if you don't, it will be a long time of regretting and wishing that mm-hmm. you would have just done it. Yep. Yep. Gotta have gotta have the I'm going on this ride attitude, and you can either get on it with me. Yep. <laughs> Or sit up to the hike. Keep your circle small. Yeah, yeah. exactly. How is and professional it, life different than college? Uh, it's it's a lot different because in college, I feel like I was constantly going from one thing to another. Like every day would be filled with like seven different things, and you know, I was going to bed late, waking up really early. It it was just almost chaotic. Um, just trying to balance everything and then professional life it's like my one job is go to practice um, and that takes up I don't know maximum like four hours a day and then the rest of the day it's like well what now like I don't Mm -hmm. have I don't have class I don't have I don't know whatever I was doing in college Um, so now it's just it it must feel so weird (laughs) do you have any outside hobbies no, see, that's the problem is I'm like in the process of figuring out what else I like to do besides play soccer. Mm-hmm. I have I mean, a lot of like half hobbies that are around my house. Yeah, I got a ukulele and rollerblades. I'm like, all right, I can't like this is like a twice a month I mean, thing. This isn't great. a hobby. At least you're trying. <laughs> I'm trying, but I'm not good at it yet. <laughs> that's okay. It's it's something. Yeah. So I'm curious, how are you going to learn new things? Do you have things on your list that you want to try or books you want to read or things like that my mom keeps sending me books she's like you have to read this one it's so good and you have this huge stack (laughs) yeah and I'll start it in like a book has to be very good for me to like really get into it through to the end Mm -hmm. yeah so that's not I don't know I would say I'm still working on (laughs) well do you are you Netflixing a little do you have a show right now of course, I'm always Netflixing. I don't know if you call that a hobby, but... Oh, it's a hobby. It's a, it's a hobby. full-time job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Netflix has saved, you know, my life, especially last year when we were stuck at home. Yeah. Um, but really just hang out. My roommate's learning how to play the piano. Oh, that's cool. So I feel like I could maybe, like, ask her to try, too. Who's your roommate? <laughs> Rocky Rodriguez. Oh, nice. She's yeah. going to be on our podcast Friday. Is she? That's hilarious. I didn't know you guys were roommates. Yeah, she, yeah, she's my roommate. Um, you'll have to ask her about her. So you should start piano. playing the piano when on Friday when we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Just start like really loud. <laughs> I was like, okay, Rocky, I have a 
call for an hour. Our <laughs> walls are like really thin, so I can yeah. hear playing the piano, and I'm like, no piano. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun though. At least not the drums. Piano is like soft at least. She was talking about drums, and I was like, Mm-mm. no. You're like what? <laughs> Not until you have your own room. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, like, are you a big goal setter? Have you, like, set any goals for, like, the rest of the year or, like, just career goals that you have? Yeah, I, I'm i more of, like, an internal goal setter. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have goals for myself that I kind of just keep in my mind. I'm not really one to write them down. Mm-hmm. Um, more so, like, bigger, broader goals and then smaller goals I – I also kind of just keep in my head, but I, I know what I'm trying to accomplish each and every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think big goals for me are obviously the Olympics are coming up and making that roster is a goal of mine. Um, but then also just with, with the thorns, I think a goal is to just continue to be myself um, and grow every day with this team and just, I don't know, just learn how to perform in every game and and bring everything that I can. I love it. That's great. And when we were talking earlier, like we were saying how like when we were younger, there wasn't people that you could watch and like we didn't have as many female role models. Like I'm sure it's really cool for you to like know like you're a role model to younger girls now. Is there any like advice you would give to them, whether they want to play in college or professionally? Maybe something that you would tell your younger self too. Yeah, um, I think something that I would tell my younger self is to always remember why you started playing in the first place. Um, I think that's important for any age because I think like in sports, you can get kind of lost in, I don't know, outside pressure or a lot. You can get lost in a lot of things that come along with sports. And I think just always remembering why you started, which for me, it's it's just because I was having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something to do to just go be myself and be free and have fun. And I think I always am reminding myself of that before every single game, before a game with the Thorns in a huge stadium. Um, it can seem like a lot of pressure. It can be nerve wracking. But at the end of the day, I started because this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I love doing. And when I think that way on the field, then that's when I play like myself. Um, So remembering to have fun and and remember why you started. And I think also just working on things, it's cliche, but when no one's watching, I think that's what can separate you from every other player your age is what are you doing on the side? Because a lot of times people think it's enough to just go to the team practice um, every day and that's it. But it's, you know, are you getting there early and working on the things that you, you know, weren't so good at in the last game? Or are you staying later to get some extra shots and get some extra saves in? I don't, whatever, whatever position you are, what are you doing um, that's going to separate you from your competition or, you know, that's going to help you get to where you want to go. Yes. The, the bare minimum is never enough, especially mm-hmm. at that level too. Yeah. yeah. Listening. I just love the refresher of just doing it because you're having fun Yeah, because like soccer right now is actually your job, but it's not going to feel like a job if you're reminding yourself that you love the game and that's why you started in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's just really a good little like piece of advice that everyone should listen to. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask too, in the moments, cause there are inevitably going to be moments when it's not fun and moments when it sucks or moments when you have a bad practice or a terrible game where you mess up. Um, but how do you get past those moments where it is absolutely not enjoyable? Cause they are inevitable, but, uh, I'm just curious how you break kind of past that and onto the next practice or the next game. Um, I think I just tell myself it's a marathon and not a sprint and, even, you know, the best players in the world, even a Messi is going to have an off day. He's going to, you know, struggle one day with this or, or miss these chances in this game. And it's it's inevitable. It's just it's part of the sport. And I think as soon as one can accept that um, and realize that it's OK to mess up, it's OK to fail. But what are you going to do with that? Are you going to learn from that or are you going to dwell on it and let it affect every day from there um, and and not allow you to grow and get better and learn from it? Or are you going to recognize it and accept it and say, okay, you know what, that's okay, but how am I going to not let this happen tomorrow so that I'm a better player than I was yesterday? So I think just reminding myself that I'm not going to be perfect every day. Um, I mean, you saw in the Challenge Cup final, I could not finish to save my life, but that wasn't going to affect me this last game. I was going to, you know, make sure that that's something that I focused on and it, and it is, and it paid off. Um, and today I'm a better player for that. Um, so I think just accepting failure, accepting hard days and learning from them and then, you know, trying to get better from them. You hear that, everybody? Failure <laughs> is part of the game. Yeah. Like, we all need to accept it. <laughs> yeah. And you have a fantastic mentality. Like, you, the, your mentality is what sets you apart. And it's why you are one of the best players in the world. Like, just, you know, accepting that you're going to mess up. But then the next time you play, you have a new opportunity to make a better yeah. choice, a better pass, like work harder. That's why we all need to hear and yeah, I mean, I think that's fantastic advice. Should we end with some rapid fire, guys? Yeah. Favorite pump up song? Live Your Life by Rihanna. Favorite soccer memory? I would say winning the national championship at Stanford. You squeezed one of those in there yeah. in two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. a good way to end. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, back, I'm like, damn it. Favorite post game meal? Probably pasta. Do you make it or do you go get it? Oh, God, no, I don't make it. Go find it somewhere because I do not cook. (laughs) Hardest player you've ever played against? I would say just here in Portland in practice, the last person I ever want to go against is Megan Klingenberg. She's super physical. She's just 1v1 defending is like her forte. Like Mm. she she's just good at it. And she's like a little pain in the butt. (laughs) I love it. Uh, who's your favorite player to train with? Christine Sinclair. Teammate that makes you laugh the most. Oh, there's a lot of them. I would say probably Lindsay. Favorite team to watch? Man City. Um, what's a career you would choose if you were not playing soccer? Which I know is going to be a very hard question for you since I know, you it's know what hobbies you like. <laughs> um, definitely interior design. Ooh. As we can tell by the yeah. lamp that Carly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That lamp. Carly's gonna steal it because she that's why she asked for your address. She's gonna steal the lamp. Spend time like rearranging your room and taking photos. Yeah. Um, all right. Dog barking. That's Ferguson, Lindsay's dog. 
Fergus. What type of dog? Should I go get him? Yes, yeah, get him. Ferguson. 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 There you go. Oh my gosh, I love French bulldogs. <laughs> He's like, hi, <laughs> Ferguson. Hi. To the podcast. Yes. You're the first dog on our podcast, Ferguson. What a cutie. <laughs> You're famous. Look. <laughs> hi. Look at the face. He's like, hey. <laughs> He's like permanent smile. I know. Look at his I, little like, smile. Just exhausted and can't close his mouth. I know. Um, last last question. Um, biggest soccer problem. I say like I get my toes done, like painted, and they just never last. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they can't last in those cleats. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome, and we're so excited to continue to watch you just crush it. And hopefully, we get. I think we're well. We might be coming to Portland in August. Yeah. For the Challenge Cup. So maybe we'll see you then, if not. Awesome. But we're looking forward to seeing you play in Tokyo. And I don't think we'll come to that, but <laughs> and I you don't never think know. Fans are allowed, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Next time. We'll watch on TV. <laughs> Damn it. Damn. All right. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, guys. Have Thank a good rest of the day. Too. Bye. Thank you, too. Bye.